Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the FYE podcast. Joining me today are my co-hosts, Vanessa Mora and Maria Ander. And today what we're going to be talking about is registration. For those of for our students out there, uh, registration opens up next week. Actually, it opens up beginning this Friday. Um, and what we want to do is we want to be able to get some information out, out there to students, some uh, tips from some seasoned students here with us. Um, and so I think, well, I'll just turn it over to you also. What, what do you think students should know as they prepare for registration um, in the coming week? What kind of advice would you give students? I would say to make sure you don't have any holds in your account, mm -hmm. whether it be for parking or for you for because you need to go see an advisor and stuff like that, because it would keep you back from registering for your classes. Okay. So, and how how would students do that? How do students know if they have holds or not? Um, how I check is that when you go to assist, you go to your assist, you go to student rec records. You go to registration, and what I do is I check like the the transcript, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't allow me to see it, it's because I have a hold. And then in the bottom it says view holds, and like you click on it on the link, and it lets you know which which ones are your holds. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's one way I know for a like freshmen. They some some of them need to take UNIV classes, which is good because you have an advisor there but those for those students who don't you do need to go and make an advisement session so okay a couple of things the first thing i i, I want to just revisit so you said uh vanessa you said they should go and check and see if they have any holds mm -hmm. right and maria you said they they can see that if they go to assist and And actually, for our students, if they go student services and they click on registration, mm -hmm. and actually down at the bottom there is a, 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 a link that says registration status. Mm -hmm. So if students click on that, so you click on registration status and it'll tell you, um, you're going to select the semester or the term, right? So we could do spring 2020, fall 2019, and what it will tell you is whether or not you have any holds which might prevent you from registering. It'll tell you about your academic standing, so how are you doing? And then it'll tell you about your student status. So your student status, are you a freshman, are you a junior? Are you, um, it'll tell you, also tell you, this really neat page will also tell you how many hours you've got. And so um, as you begin to write, to think about registration and when you're going to register, um, registration happens, you know, not anybody can just register on the day registration opens, right? Mm -hmm. How do we... How do we know when we, we can go register? <laughs> um, I think, I don't remember exactly where I found out first, but like they let you know seniors is like on Monday, juniors on Tuesday, sophomores on Wednesday, and freshmen on Thursday. But what this means is like seniors can do it like Sunday at midnight. They can start logging into their classes. And so on and so on. And then if you have priority registration, that starts on Friday at nine in the morning. Yeah, I remember having my CRN numbers ready. I would plug them in and just wait for it to be told, and I would click submit so I can be ready yeah, to go. That's 
That's, I think that's another advice, mm-hmm. knowing what classes you want to take yes. or you need to take for the next semester, like, at least a week in advance. That's what mm-hmm. I do. Like, just have them, have them set up. Because there is one where you can, it's a schedule. Schedule planner. planner mm-hmm. And it automatically sets it for you. But, again, you don't know, you, you might, well, in your upcoming years later you don't know what your schedule is so you need to like start looking at what classes are available at Mm -hmm. what times the days and like that correlate with the classes that you need Mm -hmm. also like if you plan on applying to a program you it's good to know what are the requirements and what classes you need to have before you apply into the program because every program is different yeah every program is different yes and so not not I guess we, you know we don't want to scare students, right? And and get get them thinking that wait, am I do I need to apply to a program, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's for specific cases, right? Yes. So Vanessa, your program you had to apply. Yes, right? I had to. And apply. so which program is that? The communication sciences and disorders. And for that, you usually apply a semester before, or is it yes, only you one would, semester when you yes, apply? Yeah, you would apply for you would. It's in this. You apply in the spring and then for the fall. Okay. Yes. Okay. So maybe for our students, for our listeners out there, I know a lot of our students come in with a lot of college hours, mm-hmm. whether it's through dual enrollment or concurrent enrollment, um, or you're coming in maybe with an associate's or just a lot of hours from from an, another two year institution. Um, make sure you're aware of, of where you're where you're at hours wise and within your program because you might be coming up on some important deadlines. Um, so like if you're in the College of Ed and you need to apply to their program, mm-hmm. you you know you make sure you're aware of those deadlines. Communication science and sciences and disorders, nursing, and then there are a number of other programs that require you to apply. So. It's important that one, you're aware of your academic standing, and two, you're aware of the requirements for your specific programs. Um, again, Maria, you, you mentioned like the UNIB class. So for our first year students that have the UNIB class, they have the luxury of, of going to their professor to, to get advisement help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for other students out there, if you, you're not in a UNIB class, but you want advisement help, you want to talk to somebody about your courses, I encourage you to contact the Advisement Center at Southwick Hall. In, on the Edinburgh campus and in Brownsville, it's in Maine. Um, and just make sure you reach out to them, set up an appointment. Um, right, you know, and not to scare anybody right now, it's probably too late. <laughs> but if you can get in and see somebody, I think you should. You should try and do that. Um, and then going forward, obviously, the, the earlier you can schedule those appointments, the better. Um, because then it allows you time to have follow-up conversations and, and to just, you know, be sure about what it is that you're, you're doing. Uh, for example, in my case, I, I'm as a UNIB instructor, I, I've met with a number of my students already twice. And so they wanted to come back and just verify and make sure that they were on the right path and that they were taking the right courses. Um, so yeah, meet, meet with, your, with your academic advisor, whether it's at the Advisement Center or a, in your UNIB class. Um, what other tips, what other advisement tips would you guys have or registration tips? I would say about the repeating, retaking classes. Once you're taking the third, you're retaking it for the third time, there's going to be a charge into your account just to keep that in mind too. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, the three peat rule, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else? Miami? Uh, just going back on like knowing uh, your status, 
I know that some people, I have some friends who it's like their first year here, like at the university, but they're already classified as a sophomore or a junior. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to look into those classes. You might just need to take like your poli-sci classes and that's it for the basics or a language requirement or some students don't even need those anymore. They just go straight into their, their either program or their college. So also maybe if a freshman in college who's classified as a sophomore or a junior um, is already going into their in their career, they can look for advisement in their college. Not necessarily the advisement session, but the one from their college. So like I have my advisor for my rehab for rehabilitation services. I have my own one and I go with her and just to verify that I'm going on the right track. How would students know when when they should go to Salvacol or versus maybe now's the time I should go and see if I can get advised by somebody in my college or in my program? I, I would say once you're done with your basics and you're ready to take courses within your major. Yeah, like either a little bef like still taking some basics like poli sci, mm -hmm. like because I that's what I did. I finished with my basic as in like math science. Cause I still had to take those, but I did add, for example, like general psychology and intro to rehab to see if I liked it. Cause I still I I was a psychology my a major, but I changed it to rehab. So like if you're deciding about not knowing what classes maybe like. Have a, I include like an intro class? Okay. If you find it interesting. Okay, so I mean, a, a couple of things that I think that you all mentioned, right? Um, if you're maybe getting ready to take courses within your program or your college, you're always maybe you're right at that point where mm -hmm. you're about to like all of a sudden you're done with your core or or you know a lot what we I think we've always referred to as basics, but. Basically, your core courses, when you're done with those or you're about to finish and you start to look at courses within my program or my college, maybe I should go and visit with them. Um, and then also thinking about um, the, uh, you know, if you're on the fence, right? If you're not sure about a particular major, maybe you're coming in with another major, but you're interested in, in something else, uh, making sure to take like an intro course that might introduce you to a field, right? Okay. Um, in terms of, so registration, I want to get back to the registration and get to some of the, like the specifics. So just for our students out there, in case you don't know. So for our special populations, um, including like dean's list, president's list, uh, athletes, um, you're able to register as of October 25th, opens October 25th. For our seniors, it's October 28th. For our juniors, it's October 29th. For sophomores, it's October 30th. And then for freshmen, it is October 31st. And again, those designations are based on the hours that you have. Or if you've, uh, for our special populations, there are a number of different populations and it depends on the cat those categories. Um, yeah, and so, you know, Vanessa and Maria, if, if I'm a student and I'm a sophomore, and so it says here I can register October 30th. What does that mean? Does that mean like I register at 7 a.m.? No. When, when, do I, when can I go register? At midnight. So midnight of going into October 30th. Yes. As yes. soon as it's October 30th, 
I can go online and try to register yeah. for my Yes, be ready October 29th at 11.59. Be ready with everything. Yes. Okay. So I have my courses ready to go. Um, one, of the, one of the neat tools that students have, uh, and this is a more recent tool, I think the last couple of years, is the schedule planner, right? Yes. So the schedule planner allows you to add courses to like a shopping cart. Yes. Like, yes. like I'm going shopping mm -hmm. for classes and I get to yes. drop them in, right? Um, and then it also... It'll create like different schedules for students, right? And you mm -hmm. can select one that kind of fits your your time, whatever you know, as best as you can predict, right? What yes. what kind of schedule you want? So don't forget to use the schedule planner. You can access that through Assist as well. Um, what other tips? What other suggestions? I, I just want to say maybe some don't know what the precedent list or okay. or the din list. So the din list is having a three point five GPA. Or and then the precedence list is a four point zero GPA within with for that for the prior semester. And and so, the precedence list is the four point mm -hmm. um, Why why should I? What are the benefits? I mean, okay, I want a four point GPA, right? That looks good. Um, but in terms of registration, what are the benefits of? You get to register earlier. Because <laughs> yeah. the thing about registration is that. As you're starting, like as a freshman, you, I mean, you have access to those basic classes. Like those classes are open, but like if you start off, like as a sophomore, you you're not really aware of registration and everything. The classes fill up. Like you, me, cause I like to be more organized and like, like have plan B and C. I have like an alternative schedule in case the ones that I have like some of the classes are not available anymore mm -hmm. I mean you can that's another thing you can uh, add yourself in the wait list but it's always have it's always better to have like another schedule just in case like other idea a backup, idea, a backup, just a backup yes okay so if I so um, so for our first year students right none of them would be on the dean's list or the mm -hmm. peasants list this right mm -hmm. right now right, right now. Um, but moving forward, like if they earned a 3.5 this semester, mm -hmm. and so it's a 3.5, um, you must be taking 12 hours, mm -hmm. um, get a 3.5 for those 12 hours, and then you would get on the dean's list. Yes. 4.0 with the 12 hours, and you're on the president's list. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, thank you. So that's, that's good to know. So some incentive, if you want to... If you want to register early and you want to take advantage of that, you know, make sure you do well academically. That's another uh, another benefit of doing well in your courses, right? It looks good on your record, but all and makes you a competitive student, especially if you're applying um, for a specific program. But then it also means you get to register early and you don't have to deal with competing with a lot of other students for maybe some very limited slots. Um, so a couple of other things. Um, so I have in front of me a. a, a a sheet that one of my colleagues, another faculty member and uh, a student mentor created. And so they said, uh, you know, an important thing to think about registration language, if your course, you know, because our courses might be like 1301, you know, um, 1302. And then the number that precedes it or that follows is your section number. So like 1301.05, right? If it has an E, after that, that means that it is a, a, a Spanish uh, section or Spanish language section. If it has an M, 
And that is means that it is a high school section, so you probably couldn't get into that class. It's typically reserved for one of our, uh, like our Math and Science Academy High School um, or our Bex High School in Brownsville. If it has an S, that designates that the course is a service learning course. Um, so there'll be volunteer opportunities and opportunities to work in the community in that course. If it has an R, that means it is a reduced seating or hybrid course, meaning the course is going to, you're going to have split time between being face-to-face -face and being online. And then if it has an L, that means it is a fully online course. So you will not have to show up for class for that one. Um, and then just a reminder, all of your science classes have a lab. And so it's important that when you're, you know, identifying the, the lecture that you also identify a, a corresponding lab to go with it. Um, and when you register for your science courses, folks, just remember um, the only sections that are separate um, are your chemistry. Yes. So chemistry is, uh, you know, th um, let me see, what is this chemistry number? For like chemistry one is 1311, and then for the lab, I believe it is 1111. Yes. And so, whereas your other science classes, it might be like biology 1406, and then the section number, and the lab would be 1406, and then a letter yes. with it, designating the lab. So just be aware of that, and, and how that might affect you when you're registering for courses. Can you think of other, like maybe, um, maybe things we didn't think about, or things that maybe, like um, for you all, the challenges that you had when you were registering? Because I know when registration opens, it never fails. Like, I'll get texts in the middle of the night or emails in the middle of the night. Dr. Saldivar, what do I do? What do I do about this? What I, I can't get this class. And um, Any other, other tips or things to think about? Mm, um, I mean, if there's a specific class that you want to take, you can look at the number what is it? The, the CRN. The CRN. And if you put it in where it says under student services, registration, add or drop classes, if you put that number directly, it'll automatically like show up there mm -hmm. and you can add it automatically. So like you don't have to either do like the schedule planning they can add it there. So they, it sounds like there are various options for adding courses. Yes. Okay. Um, anything else that we should think about or have students think about as they get prepared for registration? Well, just besides like the waiting list or let's say that they register for classes but then decide that they don't want one of them. They just have to make sure that they're still within like the 12 hour credits, especially if you receive financial aid. I know that for the Pell Grant, you must be taking at least 12 hours. But for other students who may only take three or two, like that's up to them, but just to double check that, I know that for sure. Okay, so to pay attention to the hours. Mm -hmm. And the number of drops that you can do, which is... Six. 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 Six total drops. Yeah. Um, and so also, one, I guess one final thing. So when you're looking for classes and if you're looking them, looking them up on assist, you can click on the CRN number and it'll also tell you if there's special sections or anything like that or restrictions or 
if the class requires a prerequisite or a co-requisite. So a prerequisite is there's another class that you need to take prior to taking that one. A co-requisite is a class that you would need to take in addition at the same time that you're taking that other class. So, you know, one of the, the challenges, and I think, of, of college is understanding all of the language and all of the yes. terms and everything, right? Did you all struggle with that a little bit at all? Or? Um, yeah, at the beginning. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, like, you're reading, it's like, you owe like, a restriction. I'm like, why? Like, yes. you need to take this one first. Like, oh. But no, yeah. So, let's see. And then, let me see if there's anything else. Um... I don't have any other pieces of advice. Do you all have anything else you want to add? No. No? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One yeah. word. Okay. I would say do not rely on break my professor to choose your professors. Because <laughs> it's not always accurate. 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 Yes, accurate. <laughs> it's not always. So just don't rely on that. Okay. Because so, I feel a lot of people just go based on whatever break my professor says and it's, they shouldn't. <laughs> How should they decide? What's been the best tool for you all? For me, it's uh, asking other people that I know about professors and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've noticed some of my professors just like, oh, cool professor, or easy class, <laughs> easy, or something like yeah. that. But they don't really tell you about... Like, because sometimes a, a difficult class can be mm -hmm. beneficial, it can be helpful, right? A professor can be challenging, but that may be a good thing. Uh, so... So those are some good things to think about. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm, I'd forgotten about rate my professor and that a lot of students use rate my yes, professor too. I think later on, like maybe not your first year because you might not see those teachers again, but later on in your in your college and like your, the courses, some teachers repeat. So you know how they work. You know how, how the class is structured. So you know if you want to retake them again and if you would recommend them. Good advice. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. Remember to check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.